Welcome to Crooked Sticks. This is Kane Quinones. Andrew, welcome to Crooked Sticks. I'm glad to have you. Um, I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to many of the episodes, but just for more context on what this podcast is, a reminder for everyone else, this is a podcast about redemption and just how the Lord uses broken things and broken people in a broken world to ultimately shine his glory through and for a greater purpose we could ever imagine. And glad to have you today. Yeah, thanks for bringing me on. Yeah. Um, so why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So, uh, so I'm Andrew, um, obviously, and uh, I get to I get the distinct opportunity to serve Westrome Baptist Church as their connections pastor, uh, which basically means that I uh, get the opportunity to help people uh, find their place at Westrome um, and to uh, oversee groups and all that good stuff. So, uh, yeah, just trying to make connections happen. Yeah. Uh, so Andrew is also from Texas, a big yes. Texas fan for everything. Praise um, God. Yeah, so he's a Cowboys, uh-huh. Rangers, all of it. Texas A and M, bring all it on. Stuff. Yeah, um, it's not UT. We don't we don't yeah, go there. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I actually have a couple quick lightning round questions. Oh, for you, real quick. I was not Andrew. prepared for this. Yeah, Here we go. Yeah. So, uh, you ready? Yeah. All right. Cowboys or Saints? Cowboys. Oh, Cowboys. Yeah, that was hard. <laughs> Baseball or football? Baseball. TCU or Texas Longhorns? Mm, TCU. Breakfast or dinner? Dinner. Hot or cold? Ooh, hot. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Beach or mountains? Mmm. was recently introduced to the mountains, so we didn't have that in Texas. Yeah. Uh, so it was a beach for a long time, but I really like the mountains now. All right. Mm-hmm. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. All Dr. Right. Pepper, actually, if Active I'm being Pepper, honest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but. Yeah, Coke, it, Coke <laughs> encompasses all of it, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Don't last tell one. Texas that. Yeah, last one. This is a, this is a doozy. Oh. Mike Trout or Jose Altuve? Oh, come on. You did that on purpose. <laughs> Mike Trout. Mike Trout. Mike Trout, <laughs> yeah. God. Two arch enemies of Texas Rangers baseball. <laughs> I figured I'd get you with that one. Yeah, you did. Um, but, yeah, so <laughs> that, I'm glad we got to go through yeah, that a little bit. We got bit. that out there. Yeah. Right? Now I'm on edge. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> hopefully there aren't too many other curveballs out there at you. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so jumping right into it, big picture, when you hear Christ's redemption or you hear the redeeming love of Christ, like what comes to mind for you? Man, what comes to mind for me is just the fact that um, personally, uh, the way that I like to explain it is that there was a time in my life where um, I was at complete enmity with God. He He was my enemy. I was his enemy. I was not for him in any way. I spat in his face, so to speak, uh, with my sin. And, um, and just the gravity of sin. One, one of the things when I was uh, just becoming a, a new believer that I was struck with that I had never really known before, because I had been around church before, but one of the biggest things that really struck me about Christianity and, and, Bi- and the Bible and, and all this stuff was um, just how, how weighty my sin was and how, uh, how much Jesus... Uh, had to, you know, not that he can't overcome everything already, but how much he had to overcome to love me. Yeah. Um, 
reaching down through his holiness to embrace something that is uh, that is dirty, that is sinful, and then washing it off and calling it his own. That's what he did for me. Right. And so, um, man, the the biggest thing that I that I understand uh, and and I guess relate to out of Christ's redemption is that. He took something completely against him, loved it anyways, loved me anyways, mm-hmm. and then now is com- continuing to make me new and to make my heart his heart. Was there ever a point where you felt like you were too far gone for him to redeem it? Or like, I guess at the beginning of your faith, was there this like contention in your heart to think there was too much dirtiness, too much sin? That he couldn't like overcome that. That's a good question. Um, you know, no, um, and the reason for that is because is because God is uh, He is infinite. He is able. Um, no matter my hardship, no matter my failing, uh, He certainly is above it all, and He's He's bigger than it all. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that's yeah, yeah and that's. Uh, hopefully that didn't seem like a leading question. I just feel like that's something that a lot of people do wrestle with. Yeah. And I guess once you do get past that, the idea that God is infinite, that's yeah. the, that's that part of God that can overcome anything. If you have that sure. one premise that you accept. Yeah. 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 And that, and that said, that's, that's not to say that I haven't felt unworthy. I've yeah. certainly felt unworthy. Um, you know, but I, the, the root of my faith is not on my ability to please or appease God, but rather it's, it's His ability to use me. And so I, I try not to make myself the focus of my faith, but rather to make God Himself yeah. the focus of my faith. Yeah. How have you seen big picture small groups play a role in this? Like what, what is the role of a small group in someone's walk with Christ and the redemption um, that He intends for our lives? Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. Um, man, it's hard for me to not just go straight into a story, um, but I think that's what I'm going to have to do. Uh, man, I've seen small groups just change people's lives, uh, and not because the small group was great or not because it's um, you know just the best thing ever. Um, I do think they're some of the best things ever, but uh, really the reason that they are that way is because you've got a group of people intentionally coming together uh, focused on Christ and what his redeeming work does. And so I've seen, I've seen lives changed. Um, you know, uh, it was just this past semester that we were walking with a couple in our, in our, uh, life group. And this couple was, was, you know, uh, very excited, loved life group, all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, it came out that, uh, you know, this couple had, um, had, had been, living a lifestyle that wasn't quite what Christ calls us to. Mm -hmm. And we got the pleasure and opportunity to walk with them through some of that stuff that they were, that they were going through and, uh, and through confronting sin and through, uh, extending grace and through sharing truth. Um, you know, we were able to get this couple from a place where there was a whole lot of sin going on to now, uh, the husband has, you know, just this past week come forward and, uh, said, man, I've I've never really known Jesus. I've just been playing the church game, and now he's he's gotten saved, and he'll be getting baptized this That's Sunday. Awesome. Yeah, so um, so we get to see all kinds of stuff just happen in groups. And people, it's it's really cool because I think 
Christians don't rub shoulders uh, together enough in real life. Uh, instead, we kind of just come to church, put on our, our church mask, yeah. church face, and all that good stuff. And check it check it off the list. Check it off the list. That's yeah. right. When when church becomes a check, it's, you know, you, you miss out. Um, you know, and, and two, biblically, you look at Acts 2, 42 through 47. Uh, it said that the believers were meeting in two places. They were meeting in the temple courts, and they were meeting from house to house. And those temple courts were a large group gathering, yeah. and house to house was small groups. Yeah. Um, and the way that the church plays that out today is through uh, worship and life groups, yeah. or small groups, or Sunday school, whatever it is. Or D groups, or D groups, core groups or bring whatever it on. they're called. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, and and you know when you see believers begin to rub shoulders together, to you know get away from church where you know your shoulders are up next to your neck because you're you're just so tense and tight and waiting for oh, who's going to judge me or who's going to throw this thing that I can't measure up to my way and instead begin to get around each other and see just how just how Christ's redemption is is playing a part in one another's lives yeah. in a very real and tangible way yeah then you begin to see growth yeah yeah and it's the actually doing life together and not just the um, like you said on Sunday, but even going into a life group or a community group or a small group, whatever you call it, not even going into that with, oh, let me just put my best face on, mm-hmm. but it's, I'm going to go be myself. I'm going to go, um, what comes to mind, what scripture comes to mind in my heart when I think of this is as iron sharpens iron. So one brother sharpens another, mm-hmm. um, you can't sharpen one another if you're not in the fire with one another. You can't right. actually get forged into anything if you're this dry cool hard metal but you need to actually go and allow yourself to be molded allow yourself to be sharpened by those that you love but also you're in it together and you're able to sharpen one another into pointing each other towards christ more into looking more like christ and allow him to actually do the change in your life that he needs to do right yeah right yeah um i've had the you know i've had the pleasure of leading uh, small groups over at the Winship College program, and it's been like leading them, but also like being a part of them. And even while I'm leading, like being an active member in the groups I'm leading, and just the dynamics of it, mm-hmm. it's just a huge blessing to be a part of. And I know you here at West Rome have started to develop this program where there are more intentional life groups, and I've heard other people around town that are in those groups that have loved them and benefited from them. So I just wanted to give you a quick pat on the back for that because I know you've worked a lot in that and the Lord's used you a lot in that way. But um, what what would you say your favorite part of small groups are? Like, it does, it, it can be some huge dinner. thing. Dinner. <laughs> Breaking Honestly, bread. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I mean, uh, yeah, we've got some ladies in our uh, in our group that cook well and some guys that make really good desserts. And, you know, I'm just I praise God for that all day. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but honestly, it, it really is the breaking bread together um, throughout college, throughout, you know, uh, my life right now, um, all throughout really my, my Christian walk. What has changed me again has been those opportunities where I get to sit down with other believers and see what the Lord is doing. And what better place than around the dinner table to hear some of those stories yeah. and to, uh, to be able to offer, you know, offer challenges when challenges are needed or to ask questions when, when someone is, is going through something and to, to help uh, counsel one another yeah. even. I mean, there's just so many opportunities around something like a dinner table to do that. Yeah. Um, and so we, we incorporate that into our group. Uh, we spend a whole hour 
eating together uh, for the yeah. sole purpose of catching up, getting to see one another, hearing how life is going. Uh, and then after that, we move on into our, our group time. But, yeah. um, you know, our, our time spent in the Word together is enhanced, not detracted from, but enhanced mm-hmm. by the fact that we know each other uh, yeah. well because of that. Yeah. And everybody eats. Everybody eats. <laughs> That's right. Um, what would you say is one of the most challenging parts of small groups? Man, most challenging part is getting people to be authentic, open, real, and honest. Um, it is not natural. It is not natural at all for people to do that. Uh, it's a lot easier to clam up, to get back in my cloister, uh, and yeah. you know, kind of hide from everything and, and allow that uh, exposure of what lies at the bottom of my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah, it's, it's really easy to do that, and we're defensive by nature. And yeah. so uh, the moment that you start getting into my life and saying, hey, you know, have you tried this? Or, hey, you know, I think what you've got going on there, you might need to deal with that. That might be yeah. something you need to repent of. That's hard. Yeah. But what did Jesus say in uh, the very, very beginning of his ministry? It was, repent and believe, for the kingdom has come near. That's in Mark yeah. 1. And, yeah. Uh, that first thing he says is repent, yep. turn away from yourself, and you know it's an active thing. It's not a passive. I'm just going to let the Lord do what He's going to do, and yes, He is going to do what He's going to do. But yeah, there is an active part on our side, right, to repent. In that. Exactly, and you know the, that's that's really you know if we can create a culture of repentance within groups, then we're doing something right, yeah. and that's that's one of the things I strive for. Uh, but it's very difficult to do. I, yeah. I would not say that I or anybody I know is a master at it. Yeah. It's, it's difficult, yeah. but it's important. Yeah, and it's hard because, like you said, we're all defensive. We're all mm-hmm. we're all broken. We're all in that same boat of I'm not perfect, but I'm also trying to call my brother or sister to be perfect. Right. <laughs> and yeah, how have you seen that play out personally? Like for you, how have you benefited? And how have you seen Christ's redemption in your life through small groups? You know, one of the one of the biggest things that's uh, beneficial to me about um, my small group and um, just getting to be a part has been uh, how much it's challenged me to uh, be open and honest and authentic. Um, if I'm expecting that of others, then the best way to uh, lead others in that is to show them by example, mm-hmm. um, and so I've had to I've had to come clean about some pretty tough things uh, in my life before, um, you know. But what greater place to do that than in a context where people care about you, yeah. um, where you know that you know if I share this, it's not going to be blurted out to the world, but instead these people are going to pour into me and care for me. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and we get to we get to experience stuff like that in, in life group. One really tangible way that it's benefited me is just just the growth that I've experienced. Getting to see people come from a place of brokenness and shame, and moving into a place of of light, um, and moving into a place of health and growth. That's that's always an encouragement. That's something that having the privilege of leading other people who lead small groups mm-hmm. and like being an active participant with them. Um, something I've encouraged them in and something I've tried to hold to myself too is like I'm not I'm not responsible for how much someone else is going to open up. Mm-hmm. But what I can do is I can also try and set the standard. 
Right. And I can I can open up and show them everything I'm going through. Right. Letting them know, hey, this is a safe place. I'm willing to put myself out there. Right. Like, before you have any expectation to. Right. And that way, you know this is a safe place as well. You know that you're going to be cared for. And I'm giving you the, I wouldn't necessarily say benefit of doubt, but I'm assuming the best in you. And I'm, mm-hmm. like, empowering you with, like, my story, like, something that's going on in my life. Yeah. And showing you where I'm weak and saying, hey, I'm showing you where I'm weak. And I want you to know that you right. can show me where you're weak, too. And you can show me where you need support and love and encouragement and where you need help a lot mm-hmm. of times. And I've seen as well, I've seen like miracles happen through small groups just from people being able to share their story sometimes for the first time ever mm-hmm. with anybody, mm-hmm. just knowing there's a safe place. And then even seeing that go from a group that I led at one point to people in that group being able to lead other groups and see them say, hey, because I had an experience in this group, this is what I'm going through, and I can set the standard now. And right. then people, like, I hear people in that group say, hey, because this standard's set, I want other people to know they can share their story. And I don't know, just that, like, because it's not just life groups or community groups, like, even doing life with one another is discipleship. Mm-hmm. Like, it's calling each other to that better standard and the, like, just clinging more towards Christ and walking right. more alongside Him. Right. So that was that was my my second to last question. My last question that I've asked everyone that's come on here so far is, what is the one thing you would want someone to take away after hearing this podcast? Yeah, and I've been I've been thinking about that, and I think there's, I think it's one thing uh, for two different types of people, um, because in in every small group you've got leaders and you have members, um, and so for the leaders, uh, I would I would like people to know. That as a leader, you set the atmosphere. You set the atmosphere. It's just like you were saying just a moment ago. Um, you know, I, I can I can set the atmosphere of warm and inviting uh, place for people to come and be themselves and understand scripture and all these things. Um, uh, and you you have to set that. Nobody else has as much responsibility to that as you, the leader. And so set that atmosphere. Make it a safe place. Um, one thing that I've, I've seen in, in groups is if they're successful um, at this, then you'll find out uh, pretty quick because those who don't know anything about the Bible or, or know anything about Jesus or anything like that will be quick to open up and say, hey, I don't know what this is all about. Can, yeah. can somebody teach me? And that's not an accident when that happens. It's yeah. because the leader has done their part. And so yeah. uh, set the atmosphere. Make it a warm and inviting, safe place. And then for uh, for those who, um, and I guess maybe even three types of people, uh, for those who are in life groups, look, or, or, or any type of group, um, look for opportunities to be open and to be honest. Uh, share. Um, don't be quiet. Uh, seek to seek to benefit those around you. It's it's uh, the, the great thing about being a part of a life group or any kind of group really is that you get to, this is, this is your prime opportunity to uh, show your spiritual gifts. And so, um, use that to edify the believers around you. Uh, and then for those who may not even be in a part of a small group or, or anything along those lines, get involved. Find find one that works. And if you go to one and it doesn't work, try another. I mean, there's, uh, there's opportunities uh, abound, I hope, uh, at your local church. And so um, just look for those opportunities to do so. Yeah, and we were going off that last point. Like, 
it's what we were designed to do is to live in community with each other. Yes. Like, made in the image of God, and God being the Trinitarian God that he is, mm-hmm. is in community with himself. If we're made in his image, we're made to be in community. Right. And we're made to be with other people and be able to share our story with one another and have other people share their stories with them. So I agree 100%. Yeah. If you're not in a group, find a group. Find those people that you can trust, that you can love on and be loved on by. Yeah. And it's it's what we're called to do. It's the church, and it's a beautiful thing to be a part of. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, yeah, well, thanks and, for having me on. Yeah, absolutely, Andrew. It's been great. And um, like I said before, I know you've done a lot of great work here. And seeing your work at Windshape and seeing stuff that you've set the groundwork for start to take off there. I know um, you've been following in line with what the Lord has you doing and seeing the fruit of that and seeing um, what's being reaped where you've sown has been really cool. Um, and really a blessing to see what um, is going on and transforming in this entire Rome community that um, the Lord's used you in. So I just want to thank you for your friendship and your willingness to follow what the Lord has for you. And again, thanks for being here today. Yeah, well, all the glory goes to God, man. Hey, thanks for listening. I want to take a second and just share about a few cool things that are happening right now. First, my friend Michael Shaw has a new YouTube channel focusing on creative writing, movie reviews, and more. Find it on YouTube at Michael Shaw. You'll go for the content, you'll stay for the card tricks. Another friend of mine, Ben Walker, is currently selling t-shirts he designed that simply claim truth that Christ is better. I encourage you to go to his Instagram at Lawrence. that's J-A-M-I-N-L-A-W-R-E-N-C-E, and check him out. 